Well, today we are continuing in our series called Defining Moments, uh, where uh, the choices we make today really define who we become. And so today we're going to talk about the story of Joseph a little bit. Um, We have a guest here this morning as well, and we're going to kind of intertwine the story of Joseph and our guest this morning. If you know the story of Joseph, he was a son of Jacob and the great-grandson of Abraham, whom we've talked about the last couple weeks. He was also the youngest of 11 sons, and he was also his father's favorite son, which caused his brothers to be jealous of him, and believe this or not, but his brothers eventually betrayed him and sold him into slavery. Now, I have to confess, as an older brother, I've thought of doing that before. (laughs) Never done it before, but imagine the hurt and the pain and the disappointment but just when, he, when Joseph thought things were just down in the dumps, uh, he's serving as a slave. His boss, Potiphar, the king of Egypt, sees something in Joseph, and he promotes him, and he lets Joseph supervise his entire enterprise. Now, just when things seem to be looking up for Joseph, something else happens. Uh, life just takes a terrible turn. Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape, falsely. So Joseph gets thrown in prison, and he is forgotten in the dungeon, in, the, in the, like the cellars, for 10 years. Like disappointment after disappointment, tragedy after tragedy. Uh, just imagine what he's going through. Oftentimes, the choices we make often lead to heartbreak and disappointment. But in this case, in Joseph, he's done nothing wrong. It's not because of his disobedience or his sins or his unfaithfulness that brought him to this point. It was simply the choices that other people were making uh, that, that uh, he's here finding himself in this dungeon. And he's, he has to be wondering, where is God in all of this? Some of you are in the chapter of your story where you're asking the same question. Or, or you've been there before. Where is God when my family member comes down with cancer? Where is God when my husband leaves me for another woman while I'm pregnant with our first child? Where is God when I've experienced sexual abuse and now I'm struggling with my sexual orientation? Where is God when my daughter gets tragically uh, killed and par- or, or paralyzed because of a, a, a drunk driver hitting her? Right? These are the questions we ask. Where is God in all of this? And so I remember a couple years ago speaking on the life of Joseph, and afterwards, um, Uh, the guest that we're going to have here this morning, I remember he was sitting way in the back in the evening service, right? Because, again, uh, if you know Austin, uh, you probably like sitting in the back because if anybody's sitting behind you, you can't really see anybody, right? Uh, So he's sitting way in the back with his girlfriend, Abby, or then-girlfriend. And um, afterwards, Austin comes up to me. And after the story of Joseph, he just says to me, he's like, oh, my goodness. The story of Joseph, that's my life story. Uh, you know, and so uh, this morning, I want to introduce to you uh, our guest, Austin Hatch. Before I bring him up on stage, uh, we have a short video. If you, if you don't know who he is, just introducing him. It's a short uh, minute and a half video. Uh, let's take a look at this.
said to me, Coach, the way I look at it, I'm so blessed through life. Uh, I've only had two really bad days in my life. This morning, uh, would you join me in welcoming our guest, Austin Hatch. Man, it's so good to see you again, uh, Austin. Uh, what, year, th what year are you now at Michigan? I'm a senior. Senior. Senior at the University of Michigan. Wow, ready to graduate, right? Not quite, but, <laughs> but getting there. And uh, how, how, what, when was the first time you started coming to Grace? Um, about three years ago. Okay. Um, my then girlfriend, or now, now fiance, <laughs> Abigail. Um, yeah, we started coming maybe you know, November of 2014. Yeah. Okay, great. Going on three years. Yeah. So, you know, um, Coach Beeline, he said that uh, you've been really blessed and you've only had two really bad days in your life. Uh, can you tell me about the first bad day that you had? Yeah. Well, my, um, my family and I were flying home to Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I'm from, from uh, our, our, our lake home in northern Michigan. And um, unfortunately, the plane ultimately crashed on a way as we were getting ready to land. Um, my, my mother, my sister, and my brother deceased, and I, my, my dad, the plane caught on fire, and um, my dad threw me out of the plane to save my life. So, um, unfortunately, again, my, my mother, my sister, and my brother weren't able to, did not survive, so. And how old were you at that point? I was eight. Eight years old. Man, what? So uh, <laughs> that's a really bad day. Uh, sometimes I think of some of the bad days uh, I have, or some of us have. I mean, I mean, this is just really bad. Uh, t tell us about your second bad day. Yeah. Well, um, eight years later, on June twenty fourth, two thousand eleven, um, again, to, not to set the stage, but I, I committed to play basketball in Michigan on June fifteenth. Nine days later, um, my father and my mother, my second mother, I never used the word stepmom. I don't believe in stepmom. I believe in, um, she was my mom. I call her mom. Mm -hmm. And um, we're flying to the lake again. Um, and again, the, the plane, we're getting ready to land. And unfortunately, the plane, the plane crashed. And my, my dad and mom were killed on impact. And I was very close to dying myself. But somehow, you know, with God and I somehow, somehow survived, again, despite uh, a long list of injuries. I don't know all of them. You don't need to hear all of them, but, um, you know, traumatic brain injury and a punctured lung and a bunch of, bunch of, I think I broke like, oh, like 30, 30 some bones. Oh, man. I think. So, wow. But I'm blessed to be alive. And uh, after that accident, you were in a coma, right? Yeah, for, for, for a couple months, I think, seven, seven or eight weeks. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And so uh, when you woke up, uh, I mean, you didn't know what was going on. You don't know. Did you remember what happened? I mean, I, I, I knew something happened. Yeah. Um, I, I, I couldn't really connect the dots at that time because my, my brain injury was so bad. I had really lost all my, you know, my cognitive, um, cognitive abilities. And uh, I knew, I, again, I knew something happened, um, but I didn't even realize that my parents, you know, were gone right away. Mm. And then, you know, when someone unfortunately had to tell me that and, Man. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Two uh, consecutive uh, airplane uh, accidents and, and survived both of them. Like, what are the mathematical odds of surviving yeah. two crashes? Well, um, 
According to MIT statistician Arnold Bennett. Um, <laughs> you know, huh? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's one of those really smart guys at MIT. Um, he, he, he studies air, airplane travel and aircraft safety and the odds of surviving one plane crash, according to his calculations, which are probably fairly accurate, I mean, he's at MIT. Um, it's one, the chances of surviving one plane crash with one fatality is one in 3.4 million. So using my, I mean, he's at MIT, I'm at Michigan. Michigan's not bad. <laughs> um, so go Blue. I, go Blues, right. And I, um, I, I did a little, using my, using my prestigious education, again, I, I did a little calculation. So I survived two. So one in 3.4 million times one in 3.4 million. The odds of surviving both plane crashes is, is one in 11 quadrillion, 560 trillion. So it's <laughs> okay. like, that's, that's a, that's, that's a 14-digit number. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. So I was just going to say, I think, uh, you know, just to pause, and I know you, you're excited to talk about the journey forward mm -hmm. and all, you know, you talk about yourself being blessed, mm -hmm. and, but to just stop and say, well, you know, as people, we go through tough stuff, and here's a guy who certainly has gone through some tough stuff that few of us have gone through, and, uh, and yet he's going to share much of what he shares, and I, I just really hope you take it to heart out of the context of the depth of what you've gone through and some of the dark days that he's walked through. And, and just as you share those mathematical odds, I think, wow, God must really have your arms for a reason. Yeah, yeah, he's a powerful, powerful God, and we serve a great God, and, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's easy to, you know, get caught in our ways of doing things, you know, get busy, but sometimes you just got to, you know, pause and just reflect and man. I, mean, I know, at least for me, you know, I'm, I'm very, very blessed to still be alive, and um, yeah, I feel like we just need to sometimes we just need to pause and just remember, you know, what a great God we serve. Yeah. So uh, I know after the coma, your recovery process wasn't easy. I mean, there were some dark times, right? A lot of questions, a lot of confusion. Um, and if, if any one of you have seen like the full-length ESPN video of Austin's story, uh, I mean, just some of the pictures of you kind of in the process of recovering, it, it's even hard to see. Mm -hmm. Like, what kept you going? I mean, because, I, I mean, you, were, you couldn't walk, right? You were laying in bed. And tell us about your condition at that point. Yeah, well, I was, um, due, due, to my, due to my traumatic head injury, I, I couldn't walk. I could barely talk. I couldn't eat. I couldn't take care of myself. Um, had to relearn how to do all that, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just the when we have when we ha I think when we have a greater purpose for why we do what we do, you know, we we find a way we find a way to persevere in the midst of adversity. And if we don't, I think we'll, I mean, at least for me, if I don't have a greater purpose for why I'm doing what I'm doing, I'll you know I'll use my circumstances or what happened to me, something that I couldn't control. I'll use that as a reason, you know, to give up. Yeah. But when I have that greater purpose to honor God and honor my family with everything I do, and now I honor my fiance, Abigail, with everything I do, it's, um, you know, whenever we hit a little adversity, you know, it's, okay, you know, this is inconvenient, but I'm going to find a way. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah the honor, the, the, the view that I, was, I had an opportunity to honor God and honor my family with how I recovered, and I believe that, you know, what we associate adversity with will determine how well we deal with it. You know, I choose, mm. I choose to associate adversity with opportunity. It may sound kind of strange. Mm. But I think, you know, when, when we go through something, we have an opportunity to overcome it. We have an opportunity to, you know, to, to build our character and really, you know, find a, I'm not, I couldn't control what happened, but I'm going to find a way to grow through it. 
man, that, that, that is just amazing. Because again, I don't think that's our natural instinctive response, right? To see it as opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even uh, James says that, right? Mm -hmm. what, what's the verse? Yeah, James, James, James 1, verses 2 and 3, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know, it's hard, yeah. to, hard to view things out. Obviously, when I was going through and I was in a hospital bed and I couldn't walk and I had to blow my nose and there was a tissue box five by five feet away and I had to have someone walk <laughs> over and hand the tissue to me because I couldn't get up and walk over there and do it myself. Hard to view that as opportunity. Hard to view that, um, you know, as an opportunity and hard to consider myself blessed um, you know, because I was going through that, but, you know, in, in retrospect, I look at it, and, um, you know, I think that, you know, God, God, I don't believe that, that, I don't believe that going through what I did was part of the plan, but I believe that he, he blessed me with the tools I would need to come out of it. Yeah. I love the statement that you made in, in conversation where you said, I choose to focus not on what has been taken away from me, but on what God has given to me, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I think the choice of what we choose to focus on Absolutely. You know, I think that it's easy when we, when we go through something um, to pay more attention to what we've lost or what we're, you know, what's not going well in our lives. But um, and I don't think that just because we go, we go through something, we may lose something. I'm not diminishing the significance of anything that anyone in the room is going through. But I think that it's, it's important to always be conscious of the fact that, I mean, we're all so blessed. I feel, I mean, I know for me, I mean, I'd be speaking for most of you, but I know for me, I'm blessed far more than I deserve. And, you know, obviously it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to have that viewpoint in the, in the midst of everything that's happened in my life. But, I mean, I look at, look at my life now, I take a step back, and I mean, I'm, I have an incredible fiance, Abigail. We're going to have an amazing life together. I go to the University of Michigan. I'm sorry to any of the fans of the school up north, but um, I'm going to graduate from the best, <laughs> best university in the world. Hopefully that was that was subtle. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what role did your faith play in this entire process, and where do you think you would be without it today? Yeah, you know, I believe firmly in Romans eight twenty eight. Um, you know that all things work together for the good of those who love Him and for those who are called according to His purpose. And I think that um, I don't know. To be completely honest with you, I'm not really sure that you know if I didn't have my faith. I don't know. I don't think I'd be, I'd be standing here, I'd be sitting here having this conversation with you right now. Um, because, I mean, the odds, the odds said that um, the doctors who were taking care of me, who did, you know, all the surgeries and all that, they, they told my family that, you know, there's a, there, there's a fairly, fairly decent chance that I'll never wake up from the coma that they induced to, you know, so my body could heal. Um, they told my family there was, there was a decent chance that I wouldn't wake up from that and that there was also a decent chance that even if I did wake up, that, that I may never walk and I may never talk again the rest of my life. So, you know, hearing, hearing all that and hearing the odds of me still being here, I'm, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it can't just happen. I don't believe that, you know, that I don't think I just had good fortune. You know, I think that, what are the, what are the odds of winning, winning the lottery, maybe? It's better than you surviving, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying that maybe I should buy a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, so oh, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very blessed to, to be in the position I'm in. And, again, I don't, I don't think that I, I believe God has played a, 
as critical of a role in my recovery. He's the, he's the reason that I'm, that I'm able to have this conversation with you this morning. So uh, obviously there are people here who are going through some dark times, maybe feel like they're in the dungeon right now, or they're experiencing disappointment after disappointment. Uh, what would you say to uh, some of them, or even people who've just gone through or will go through, what, what word of encouragement or challenge would you have for them? I would say that, um, you know, not only, as, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, it's important to maintain our focus on what we, all the things we're still blessed with rather than what, just what we've lost or the inconveniences in our lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I would say, um, I think I once heard that, um, you know, we become what we think about. And if we, we have to be positive and we have to view, we have to associate the adversity we face with, with something positive. You know, if we associate adversity with is, you know, so, un, so unfortunate. I mean, my, my, it may be unfortunate. Mine was unfortunate, obviously. But I think we have, we have to find a way, um, you know, to associate our, our, our challenges with something positive. We have to find a way to grow through them. And, you know, for me, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. But I had this goal of playing for Michigan a few years down the road. Unfortunately, Coach Bion and the incredible man that he is, honored my scholarship. And, um, you know, my, my whole thought process, obviously I, I'm not – playing, able to play at Michigan in the way I hoped to. When I originally committed, I hoped to play, you know, hope to be a really good player and help us on the floor here and, you know, score and rebound and play defense and all that good stuff. But, you know, now I'm able to, you know, be, be a guy that, you know, brings guys together in the locker room, encourage guys in practice. You know, when they see me working hard, you know, I think it, you know, I think it kind of rubs off. You know, they're like, man, you know, if Austin can dive on the floor for a loose ball, like, why can't I kind of thing? <laughs> so it's, I mean, I think that, um, Back to your question, what would I tell someone who, what advice would I give to anyone who's going through something? Um, I never thought if, you know, it'd be great if I play for Michigan someday. It'd be great if, you know, I can help my team. It'd be great if I can do anything. But I think we have to, we, we can't think if, we have to think when. And we have to believe, we have to believe that, you know, God, what God brings us to in our lives, he'll find a way to pull us through. And I hope my, I hope my life is, my story is, is, is evidence of that because, you know, the odds would have said that, that I wouldn't have gotten through it. Um, at least not. I mean, I mean, I still got a ways to go, but I think I'm getting there. And, you know, I, th I think that, you know, God has, has blessed me with the tools I need to, to make a solid comeback. And, you know, he, you know, God, I don't think that, again, I don't think that going through what I went through was part of the plan, but I think God, God pulled me through it. So if we, we can't, we can't, I don't believe we should use what happens to us as an excuse for not achieving all that we want to in life. Yeah. If, we, if, we if we truly want something, and we truly desire it, you know, we'll, fi we'll find a way to make it happen. And if we don't, I think, I think we'll use it as an excuse. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because uh, a lot of people, when they're going through something really hard, you know, these scriptures get thrown out. I can do, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And all things, mm -hmm. God works for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they usually, you know, it's not the best thing for a friend to share at the time they're going through the hard times. But mm -hmm. here you are someone who's gone through what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, if this is true, mm -hmm. I can do all things mm -hmm. in Christ who strengthens me. In all things, God works for the good to those who love him who mm -hmm. are called according to his purposes. And you're a living testimony of that. Yeah, well, thank you. It, it, it's, it's meaningful to hear you share that out of the yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, I, I have, to, have to be honest with everyone in the room. You know, there, there were times right when I, when I was learning how to walk again and learning how to talk and learning how to do all that. I mean, I, I wasn't thinking, you know what, 
man, I believe that all things work together for the good of those who <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just not realistic. No one yeah. thinks that way. And I'm yeah. not here to, to be someone who's gone through something tragic. I'm not here to tell you that, man, you know what, if you do X, Y, and Z, like, you'll find a way to get through it. I mean, everyone's different. But I think that, you know, once we, if we work hard and we're diligent and if our, something, one of the, one of the coaches at Michigan, not to get off on a tangent, but um, one of the coaches at Michigan says that, if our actions don't line up with our dreams and our goals, we either need to change our actions or we need to change our goals. So, you know, I kind of, I take that and, you know, if I, if I want to be, whatever, I mean, whatever I want to be, if I, I mean, if I want to be a great businessman, if I want to be a great husband, a great father, but if my actions don't line up with, that, with those goals, then I either need to start working harder or, or change my actions or I need to change my goals. So I think that for anyone in the room who's going through something, never let your work ethic be the reason you don't overcome it. Work, work hard, and you know, I, I believe that if, if we work hard and do our part, other things take care of themselves. Yeah. Well, God isn't done writing your story. God isn't done writing our story. I know uh, what's next for you, next season of life, uh, after graduation, uh, you and Abby are slated to get married when? June 16th. June 16th, 2018, right? Mm -hmm. uh, hey, Abby, you wanna come up here? Come on. Come on up here. What we want to do is, uh, man, if, if you've ever seen uh, Abby play on the volleyball, volleyball court, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. We want to uh, uh, take time and just pray for them. As a couple, uh, I think I may need to stand on the chair just so I could get behind you and uh, <laughs> lay my hands on you. <laughs> Why don't you come up here? Uh, and uh, so we just want to bless them. Uh, would you join us as we pray for Austin and Abby? Dear awesome God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you that even when we go through the toughest of times when it feels like life is falling apart, that you are with us. We thank you for the way that you've been with Austin through the ups and downs and all around of his life. And we thank you for the way that you have allowed him to keep his heart and his mind mm -hmm. fixed on you. Amen. And on what he can do to continue to live the life that you have for him and we do thank you that you he loves you and you love him and that uh, you have a great calling and purpose for not only his life but his life and abby's life together we pray that you would continue to uh, just strengthen and prepare them in every way for the life that they're to share together uh, just pray that you would continue to reveal to them how um, they can be used to accomplish your purposes for their life. Um, we pray, God, that you would, as you've given them a platform from which to influence the world around them, we pray that they would use that platform wisely. And uh, Lord, we pray for, um, just as they shared the message that, uh, that Austin shared, Lord, and as they continue to look forward with that, we pray that we who are gathered here, too, would uh, not miss what you want to say to us through it and how you want us to respond to you in the midst of it. And we thank you, Lord, um, for the uh, just the opportunity to worship together and to celebrate all you're doing in our lives, in Austin's life. And we praise these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks. 
Let me just take a couple moments now and just uh, bring this back to the story of Joseph. You know, as we were preparing this series a number of months ago, and uh, this week was slated to talk about Joseph, uh, that's where Austin's story came to mind. And I thought, man, here is a modern-day story of Joseph. Um, you know, somehow, uh, going back to the story of Joseph, somehow through God's providence, Joseph becomes the president. He, he goes from being a slave and a prisoner to becoming the vice president of all of Egypt, uh, the second most powerful man uh, in, in all the world. How does that happen? Because God is writing his story. Uh, and so God uses Joseph to save millions of people during a severe famine in the land. And here's what I think the story of Joseph tells us, to never give up on God, continuing to write and redeem your story. Even in the darkest parts of the dungeon, this is who God is, this is what he does, and this is probably one of my favorite things about who God is, that you are never too broken, you are never too uh, damaged, you are never too late. He will take all those broken pieces and use it for his glory. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I think... Uh, what sustained Austin during that tragedy, what sustains many of us during dark times is the very center of our faith, right? The superstar this morning, the hero, isn't Joseph, it's not Austin, it's Jesus Christ. And he wasn't sold as a slave. He was betrayed, falsely accused, arrested, and murdered by his own people. And and we don't know what challenges we're going to face. We don't know what hurts we're going to have to handle. We don't know what suffering will come our way. But again, the thing we do know, right, the verse that Austin said, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are uh, are called according to his purposes. And that means God will use all things, good things, bad things, exciting things, disappointing things, uh, big things, little things, to shape us into the image of his son. So my final word before we close off this this message this morning is this. Right now, the word in your life might be disappointment or pain, but let's remember God gets the final word. Would you bow your heads and pray with me?